0: Hey, it's Karen Hunter from The Karen Hunter Show on SiriusXM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. We've come with reinforcement today because my brother is out there in them CNN streets getting collected more checks like he needs them as he sits in this palatial mansion overlooking the Brooklyn Bridge right now. I see cars going hither and yon. It's like a loft. Let me welcome... He, if those of you from Kentucky, he's a national treasure in Kentucky. Those of you who like basketball, as I do, he's one of the few white boys that could jump. Let me welcome Rex <laughs> Chapman to the building. Hey, Hi. thanks for having
1: me, Karen. What's up, Dante? Thanks it's for having me back. It's yeah, amazing. man,
0: you know, we, we follow each other on Twitter, and you always of have course. the most, first of all, if you're not following Rex Chapman on Twitter, you're missing a part of the Twitter experience, because this man, on a regular, he's gonna give you some, you know, block block or charge. He's gonna give you some nice animals or nice videos. He's gonna give you, you know, maybe some racists getting smoke punched in the face. You are gonna get all of the things. In a, on, an array. On, yes, Rex is fun to follow. And then this week, you announced that you 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 have uh you are now joining uh the CNN family. And I was like, what in the hell? How? Why? Come on, tell us what you're gonna be doing, cause I'm sworn off of all of this cable news bullcrap. So now you're gonna make me come back in just to watch you.
1: Yeah, I guess, and I'll tell you what it's about when I know what it's about. Uh, oh wait, <laughs> so they, they just said, go, "Oh, we like you. We are gonna give it, you
0: a contract." That w- uh,
1: we've got, we've got, we've got a good, uh, we got some oh. good coming. But I, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I, you know, life is weird, man. Karen, you know, I, I was on your show two or three years ago, and. You know, what, seven, eight years ago, I was living in my car, you know, um, in rehab, out of rehab. So to have my own show uh, and be affiliated with CNN is amazing. Amazing.
0: All right. Is it called the Rex Chapman show? Like, y'all don't don't, know anything about the show yet? Yeah,
1: we know it's going to be positive, uplifting stuff. I'm going to be talking to people, interviewing people, human interest stuff. Um. Kind of digging into some issues, trying to to peel back uh, some some of the things that I find uh, fascinating and important to talk about that need to be talked about. So, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a, a, a resemblance of my of my Twitter. Okay. So yeah. All
0: yeah. right. So so like they have Lisa Ling, which I think is amazing on there. They have uh, Kama, W. Kamal Bell, which I also think he does an amazing show. Before mm-hmm. that was Anthony Bourdain. So there, so it's going to be in one of those types of yep. spaces.
1: Yes, okay. absolutely. You know, I'm going to be going out and in the field and some, some, in the studio, but talking to people that we find interesting. Uh, I think that, you know, just the feedback already and some of the people that we've been able to, uh, to book has been, have been, it's been overwhelming. And, and again, I'm, I'm just kind of getting used to it. I've never done anything like this. You can, sit and talk to, I've been interviewed since I was 15 you know so I'm comfortable in that in that role but now I'm the interviewer and I'm I'm up for uh any kind of tips you can give me oh, I'm please, new to it Please, stop, I'm new stop. to it
0: yeah 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 Rex, you know um I I root for you because you're a good person <laughs> you know you know there's like I think we have a paucity of goodness you know there are people that that are good facing they pretend you know like Everyone mm-hmm. thinks they're nice, but behind the scenes they do some horrific things. You know, they they don't look out for other people. They, you know, or worse, they stab, backstab, and all this. And I have to sit here and be quiet because you know, I was like, like, and I debate this. Do I do I expose these people? Do I let yeah. everybody know all your favorites? Some of your favorites are some backstabbing ass, trolly ass, <laughs> horrible human beings. Do I let them know? Do I just let it ride? Because in my mind, I feel like they're gonna show themselves eventually. People are gonna yeah. see. But then I sat here and watched folk vote for Trump.
2: I know, and I said, wait I a
0: minute. People aren't smart enough to know that these people are horrible human beings. Or maybe yeah. they don't care. I don't know. But we're in a really strange period of time right now.
1: Yeah, we are. You know, I I, I would say I've, I lost a few uh, friends over the whole Trump stuff. And I, I, was, I think I was just more surprised. I had been gone from the South and from Kentucky for a long time, 20, 25 years. And I'd lived out West Phoenix and in LA. And uh, when I got back to Kentucky uh, I got off, I got off the plane initially. This was like right before the election when Trump won. And there were people that had these red MAGA hats on and I thought they were joking. Like I got off and then I realized, no, they weren't joking. And then I found out that, you know, that many of my Republican friends voted voted for for Trump, and I, I was confused. Uh, but then, uh, the ones that the ones that we still remain tight, they didn't vote for him the second time. <laughs> so why, were you, why were
0: you confused though? W- what do you mean? So you know, Kentucky. Uh- I I grew up in Jersey, but every summer Mm -hmm. my father and mother would put me in the car and drive me down to my grandmother's house in Georgia. So we had Mm -hmm. to go through North Carolina. And I remember going through South Carolina was real dicey. So we would have to leave and time it so that we wouldn't be driving through South Carolina at night Mm -hmm. because my father is like, we're going to get pulled over and I don't want no drama, no trouble. Right. right?" So, and I remember being a little girl, like, what is it about the South, you know, and, you you would get a certain talk, you know, so I'm in Georgia. It was segregated, you know, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't, you know, it was segregated. So I spent my whole summer not seeing any white people, but kind of mm-hmm. having an understanding that if you cross over like the Augusta National where my uncle would caddy, you couldn't get in there, you know, yeah. and it's completely, right. you know, it's in Augusta, which is black, yeah. that part, but you can't even see inside of where wow. they have the master's. And it's like, it's so palpable, mm-hmm. like the the division. So, you know, you grew up in Kentucky, which is, you know, that way over. How did you, yeah. why were you surprised?
1: I, I was just, I was, well, because I really hadn't been back. And honest to goodness, I've said this many times. One of the proudest I've been as an American was I was living in Phoenix and we, you know, the country elected Barack Obama. If you would have told me as a kid, you know, growing up in the seventies, that we're going to have a black president. I'd have been like, fuck out of here. Come on. Well, you know, this is what? So I I think I really naive, naively thought that we were kind of past all the ugliness, the ugly in your face racism. And man, was I wrong. There were so many people that were mad, mad that we elected a black president. And that was, eye, that was eye-opening going back, you know, and kind of being around that, um, so, yeah.
2: You know, Kim, I was, I, I was thinking just today, I was thinking about this, that, um, you know, as a black person, you have to know white stuff in order to navigate life. But if you're a white dude, you're around, and, 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 and I believe that the country is more segregated now, that they're not segregated in work areas, but once everybody finished going to work, it's more segregated than ever. So if you're not, if you're a white dude and you're, you're in around white folks, and there's no black dude that comes, passes through, then why would you be talking, you know what I mean? There's no reason to discuss it because they're over there anyway.
1: That's a good, that's a good point. Um, and my experience growing up was a bit different because I played basketball and I was around black people right. all the time right. from the time I was six or seven. And, and so I, I, and I, I went to a predominantly white school, but I lived in a little bit of both worlds and had a little bit different perspective, I think, of what I. I didn't know growing up that Kentucky is 90% white. I did just didn't know that <laughs> I, I had, if somebody would have asked me, I'd have said, I don't know, 60, 90. Uh, yeah.
0: And that, and that basketball, you know, as most yeah. sports outside of, uh, I was going to say hockey, but not even hockey now. Cause there's, um, there's a now, uh, I think they just honored uh, Will, Willie O'Ree. Uh, mm-hmm. con- c- they gave him a congressional medal of honor. I'm tired of these symbolic things. Like, stop,
1: stop yeah, being racist.
0: Too. Give us voting me rights. Too. I don't want yeah, I don't exactly. want anybody else on a coin. Stop giving us medals and holidays. Can we get some mm-hmm. rights? Stop mm-hmm. it. Um. But yeah, no. It's it's interesting how basketball because then you find out we're not the boogeyman. We're not degenerates. We're not inferior. Uh, you know. You get to learn people coming to their homes and enjoy people. Like we're just mm-hmm. like enjoy people. Mm. It's not hard. All right. Rex Chapman is here. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. When does your show kick off on CNN?
1: It's uh, it'll be in March. I don't. Okay. We don't know the. I don't know the exact date yet. I don't know a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm learning as I, I'm telling you, right. I'm learning. Who's as your I agent,
0: go. Rex? I need, I need nah. to contact you because your agent is dope. They got you a whole show. You don't know nothing about, but like, it's got know. your name on. What Where hell? you want me
1: to be? I don't, I, honestly, I don't know what I can say and what I can't say at this point. You wanted me on. So I told you I was coming up.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. I ain't <laughs> but, you know, let me, let me ask you, are you still, are you yeah. still, um, tied to a check? Because I know you went through, you know, like you said, you were, you were homeless yeah. for a minute, uh-huh. you're, you, yep. you know, addicted, you came out of that sickness how did you repair your finances because you know you made some money as an NBA player
1: yeah uh, and blew and blew it you know I, millions of dollars um so no I'm still digging out I'm still digging out you know I'm fortunate to not be in crazy debt but you know you talking about uh, you know having a place an apartment I'm I, I'm trying to tell you I'm overjoyed uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is life changing. I started doing a couple podcasts. It's all been baby steps, though. And, you know, because seven, eight years ago, I was toxic as I should have been. And there was a time where I was like, I remember, I don't, you know, Rick Pitino? Yeah, yes. you know, Rick you're back. So Rick came to see me in rehab. I was in Louisville in rehab. And Rick came to see me and he sat with me for a couple hours. And I was, just barely out of detox i felt like shit and uh you know half crying half you know numb and he said you know he he said rex you're gonna help a lot of people with your story and i snapped back at him i said this is not my story (laughs) and it's my story and that took time to get used to you know i had I had to learn who I was. Had to learn the things that I liked. I'd always just associated myself with being a basketball player, and my self worth with being a basketball player, and how I played, and how the team played. And I didn't know anything else. Something bad had to happen to me. It happened, and I was. I'm just fortunate to come out the other side. So, I'm. I'm super grateful for every opportunity. I think I walked through a lot of my life not real realizing just how privileged i have been and am and was
0: what's the best thing about you that you like about yourself right now uh
1: i like I, I think uh the best thing is not having any secrets uh you know for a long time i i was in and out of trouble you know growing up i get suspended i would um you know I, I also from the outside looking in i think i when, especially when I was young at Kentucky and, and early as an NBA player, I had this all American image, which I knew I wasn't, you know, I, I suffered from depression. I, I was all kinds of messed up and, you know, I hated school and they wanted me to, you know, portray that I liked school and to get pictures in the computer room and (laughs) And I played along and, and did all that stuff, you know, not to mention my, you know, my private life. I, I, I was, so I think the main thing that I like is that there's, it's all out there. It's all out there. And what you see is, is what I try to give you what I am. That's all.
0: Are those glasses prescription?
1: They are. They are. I can't see any, I can't see up close or far away. Why did you ask that?
0: Because uh, somebody. Tr- tr- no, I no, I think they're they're fat. Like, I don't. Oh. I don't get caught up in people's fashion. If you like them, I love oh. them. I just, you know, I didn't know whether Thanks. they were fashion or if you needed them. Uh, no, but, you know, I just like
1: the color. The color b- brightens me up, like the windows and the sunlight. I, I just like color. I got an orange lamp over here. I don't have any furniture yet, but I'm gonna, a, It's gonna be a blue on. yeti. <laughs> yeah. Blue
0: yeti. Does he have a blue yeti? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so. Um, moving to New York because Rex has been trying to get me to uh, hang out with him, but I'm like, yeah, when, when Omicron and whatever next variant, I I ain't, I ain't ready yet. I ain't ready yet to be hanging out with you in Brooklyn, not doing it, but how is it exciting or scary to be in Brooklyn during the pandemic?
1: It's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, my son is up here. He's in, he's in Brooklyn also. He stayed. (laughs) I called him up like two months ago three months ago and, and was like, Hey, Zeke, he's 29. And, uh, I said, Hey, I'm, I think I'm going to do this thing with CNN. I'm going to move up up there. And he was like, dad, that's great. I mean, I still want my own place. <laughs> yeah, who with their father? I, don't know. I said, "What? You don't want the whole gang to get back together again?" The band, the band, and so. uh But it's been great. I always wanted to play up here. I wanted to play for the Knicks. I would have loved it. I remember coming to New York as a rookie. We stayed in the Essex house, and this is the only, only the second time I've been in New York ever. I was, I think, I was nineteen, turning twenty. Or 20 turning 21. But I was the youngest player in the NBA my rookie year. And we stayed at the Essex house. The only other time I'd been here was for the draft a few months early. And so we're staying there. It's getting to be like the sun's going down, the lights in the city were on. And I grew up in rural Kentucky where, like, you know, there might not be a car go by for an hour you know, for real, you know, and sometimes no street lights. It's country. And I just was, I was so, I felt so much uh, more alive and um, everything seemed more interesting just to see, you know, so many people living in such a small spot, you know, and no real grass to speak of. You can get something to eat any time of day. I remember looking out over the city, getting ready to go to the garden to play and being like, damn, I wish I didn't have to go. I wish I could just stay here all night and just watch what's going on outside. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, I, I played, uh, I was telling Dante before we came on that he's, he said he's from Brooklyn and I, I played college basketball with a guy named Ed Davender who went to boys and girls high school in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. And, um, we became super tight. Ed passed away a few years ago, but, um, I, i'm just thrilled to be up here and um and you know close to the city i i never really went out a lot in the city of course but i never really have known the city very well so i'm excited
0: well we're excited that uh and we will hang out uh it's gonna be summertime right. i'm gonna hold you to it yeah summertime we're gonna go to juniors i haven't had a uh cheesecake in a while uh from there that'll be my splurge uh rex chapman <laughs> is here He's going to be on CNN. He's going to have his own show in March. Yesterday, I had Etan Thomas on. He's got a new book, and apparently you're in it. It's called Police Brutality and White Supremacy, Chapter 10, White White Allies and Accomplices. Rex Chapman, you're right there. Stan Van Gundy's in there, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's an ally, and that I was uh, surprised um, at, but uh, you know, I've gotten to really appreciate him over the last yeah. several years. So what, what, was your, what was your contribution to etan's book and why did you want to participate
1: etan asked me um and i, I don't know if you knew i had etan on my podcast yesterday so uh i didn't know that, uh, he, didn't know that. He came, no he it just weirdly uh he he came on with raymond santana yeah
0: oh and, with, um, okay
1: okay man it, it was awesome the the you know and i've not this is a basketball podcast so um an hour went by like that I, I, and I had so much more I wanted to, you know, just sit and listen to and and try to digest from those guys. But it was fantastic. Etan is a, I don't know, you know, I don't know Etan. We 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 didn't play at the same time. He's much younger. I followed his career, of course. Um, and he he always, but you know, he he's an artist. He's a poet. He he's one of those guys that. I've always felt like he's too smart for an NBA locker room. Like he 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 you could almost tell with the way he played too. He was good at it, but he loved other things. You know, he he was he really liked basketball and he was a hell of a player. But like he has other real interests. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like what he's doing now, that this book that he's written. And I just find it. I find it powerful because, you know, to be quite honest, like, and this is really everywhere in the country, but I think it's probably more magnified in the South. You don't, unless, unless your parents or um, take it upon themselves to teach, to teach you about any black history, you don't learn about it. You don't learn about it until you can get until and hopefully unless you can go to college and then it was kind of incumbent on you to take it and the reason that i was able to do that was because i had teammates taking african studies courses and i was like what's that what is that and why hasn't this and then it started hitting me we've been just telling white history the whole fucking time the whole and this was, you know, I was early twenty, in early twenties, eight. No, I was late teenager, and so, you know, that's just hard to reconcile. It, it, it you know, and as a, as a white person, it's hard to reconcile, and that we're still talking about this stuff, you know. <laughs> Rich, now, you
2: also gotta wanna, you have to wanna know those things. You yeah, know, yeah. When when somebody, I, I I was having a conversation with somebody, this guy. And uh, he's Armenian and he was talking about the Armenian Holocaust. And I was like, what? And then now I got to go, well, you got a book on it. And now I'm I'm delving into it because, you know, one thing about comedy, yeah. the thing that makes things funny is is the line of humanity that runs through everybody's life. Yeah. And when you understand a good comic understands humanity, like I, I have a, I have a joke that I do. Where I say that um, uh, I'm on three. I'm I'm a Brooklyn cat. I grew Mm up 80s in Brooklyn. I say On three different occasions I've had dudes pull out guns on me, um, and I fought them because that's what you did. Right. By the grace of God, I was survived. I go now. That sounds like I'm bragging until I tell you that I'm afraid of spiders. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. I get it. I get it. (laughs) So if you try to rob me. Right. I'll beat your ass, but if you got hairy arms and you move them yeah. like this, I'll be like, ah! You know, the, the, the idea of fear is it. is is humanity. Everybody's afraid of something, and my fear is no different than yours. And and I think that's where we lose the yeah. idea. So when you go, man, I didn't even notice, but a lot of people don't. They know it and they don't care.
1: They don't care. That's the thing. And and because I remember. I I was a kid growing up. So I was born in late sixties and roots came out and I was young. I was maybe, I don't know, 10, I'm going to say, but, and I had a younger, have a younger sister, but my parents, they, they couldn't wait to watch it, but they felt like, I think they felt like we weren't ready for it. So I was sneaking out. It was, came out like different parts if you remember like right, right. The, yeah, yeah. you know over, d- d- over a period of time and and i sneaked out like on the first night and was laying in the hallway watching around the corner and they caught me and that when they caught me their their response was not get your ass back in the room like, All right, it on, was it, 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 it was it no it was like hey what are you doing but didn't make me go to my room.
2: Right, right, right.
1: So, and that, and then you know, around this age in history class, we're you know learning about slavery, and I remember we had one black kid in our class, and when you know thirty kids, and I remember when the teacher was uh, Ms. Eubanks, she she you know we. She says that and white people had slaves. And I remember like looking around the room, like, are you guys fucking hearing this? <laughs> and, and no, no. And like wanting to get under my under my desk. Yeah. Like we did, what? What? <laughs> but, it, but it was soft-shoed and whitewashed in a way that...
2: Mm, uh, let's move on. We can move on. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Move on. But we can't move on yeah. because this is why we're here right now. This chaos yeah, that we're yeah. experiencing is because, first of all, we lied. Uh, America yeah. was formed in a myth. Uh, there's no such thing as white. There's no white people. There are no black people on this earth. It was a made-up construct for power. Mm-hmm. And to keep keep the, the gravy train of enslavement going, you got to denigrate those people to justify the horrible things you're doing to them in these slave camps that you want to call plantations, right? They're slave camps. They're death camps. Death camps where you work people to death and... Rape people and beat people to get more labor. That was the founding principle of this country. Period. Full stop. Because Revolutionary War, the Brits freed the people who fought with them, right? Yeah. So something's going on here uh, with our system. And now, no one wants to have critical race theory, even though that's an actual legal course. No. They just don't want to teach history because they don't want mm-hmm. kids feeling bad. As you were looking around, like we did this. I don't. I want to cl- climb. Yeah, climb under your desk and let's confront what has happened so that we can get past it.
1: It's uncomfortable. I, I would argue that if you don't I, look, I, I, Stan Van Gundy the other day, we we had a discussion and he said he's somebody, somebody said, I'll stand you and your white guilt. He said, well, it's not white guilt. He said, I'm not, I'm not proud of being white. I'm not guilty. He said, but if, if I don't have some sort of understanding of, you know, what my, people have done (laughs) if i don't have some sort of understanding and compassion and empathy to try to continue to try to make things better and move forward because we got a long way to go then that's pretty shitty Mm -hmm. right it's pretty shitty
0: ah rex chapman 866-801-8255 dante is here we lost louis anderson Uh, That was announced today 68 years old We're talking about a comedian Four decades long Emmy award winning uh, Coming to America That's where some of us first saw him Uh, He also uh, won a Best Supporting Actor Emmy For his portrayal of Christine Baskets Hilarious Hilarious Hilarious. The mother to (laughs) Zach Zach Galifianakis On on the TV show Baskets Oh oh, my goodness On FX Yes So Um, good yeah, he was battling cancer. Uh, I think it was uh, n- uh, non-Hopkins. Uh, was it n- non lymphoma Hopkins disease or something? Uh, um, uh. And he's been battling it for a while. Uh, type, excuse me. It was a type of non-Hopkins lim- lim- uh lymphoma. lymphoma. Uh, Dante, did you did your path ever cross Louis? I met him. I met him
2: once. Um, good dude. He was one of those. So I I started watching comedy. Like I was when when the comics would come on Johnny Carson, because it was no
1: real, mm-hmm.
2: you know, like we didn't until Def Jam, we didn't really know black comics. I mean, so
1: <laughs> like, y'all you all just,
2: just popped up at yeah, Def Jam. Yeah, and Never Def met. Jam was when it started. <laughs> no. And but um I used to sneak out like you did with Roots, I'd sneak up right. and watch Johnny Carson and catch catch the comic on there. So Louie Anderson and uh and Gary got like Carson. Gary Mule Deer, and and Paula Pounce. like, I would yeah. watch all of those people. I mean, I knew Red Fox because of because of Bum 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 bam, You know, big I watched that, but I didn't even know his work. And until and I used to, you know, but you didn't really have access to it. But I watched all of those all those classic guys when I was coming. Good. Nice guy. Really nice guy. Good dude. can you know him.
0: Alone. Did you know him, Rex?
1: I didn't know him, but I, you know, watching some of the old clips today, I, same as Dante. I, I just remember, you know, growing up, I remember seeing him on Rodney Dangerfield yeah. when, you know, when I, you know, I'd, I'd have been a teenager. Anything
2: at the improv? with Yes, that was yes, yeah. yes,
1: that was a thing. And so I, I, my mom, my mom's a funny lady. And, you know, growing up, I was watching Monty Python and Benny Hill with her. And, and she's, she's just a funny, funny woman but every time Louie Anderson one of her favorites and so naturally you know and he was just so quick and funny and just on the money with everything so I didn't know him but man what a loss
0: on the other end I don't know if the other end of the spectrum in terms of nice or not I didn't know him either meatloaf uh, the rocker oh. the bat out of hell singer he died at 74 the scene in fight club with his breasts.
2: Yeah. yes so yeah good.
0: You know, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. I will do anything yeah. for love, but what I won't I do Yeah, that's him. Uh but apparently he was also uh anti vaxxer who didn't know that. Might have uh the report saying he might have had COVID uh, and didn't uh, wanna didn't believe in COVID. Um but, uh, you know, I hope that I hope you ain't go out meatloaf on some I don't yeah. believe COVID's a real thing in twenty twenty two that I you get the seventy-four, you, gee, you expect to have a little sense. Just a little but weird. you
2: don't know, you know what it is too though? It's the, the idea of critical thinking. Like if you say to black folks and they don't want to get vaxxed, they have a reason to wanna I mean because the government has That's never true. been trustworthy. Yeah. Right for me, the, 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 the switch for me was when Denmark and Sweden and the, these countries that care about their people. We're everybody with that. That was the switch for me. I was like, because when they were initially going, we got to get all the black people vaxxed. I was like, I ain't going for the okie doke. Yeah. You know? and what you, you. you got a cruise ship for me too. I'm good. Now, I've heard this before, but it, it's when you, when you look at critical thinking, it's like, you want to say that this is a conspiracy, but it, it, how far can the conspiracy go? It can't be worldwide. Like, it can't be all the countries everywhere. That just doesn't make sense. And I think we just don't, we don't teach people how to think critically. And then they go down that rabbit hole and then nothing is true and nothing, then it's flat earth. And and then they find solace in these communities that support what we, people who feel ordinary and want to be validated or validated in in these communities, which is, then they they can't even get out of it
0: right well i mean rex in in brooklyn you have somebody that is might be the leader of the flat earthers so there's that uh, yeah say last right, no, uh, no, say less. say last less, say less. well to you know there. what no there's no i two. want to say one okay. can i say I, one other yeah, thing absolutely no
1: no um you know playing in locker room being in locker rooms my whole whole life I, I, there's a lot of validity to what dante's saying especially uh you know and it's a predominantly black sport i of course i know you know what happened and and why uh the community would be super distrustful on the other hand these are also guys who are taking every kind of shot if some (laughs) other shit hurts (laughs) if something hurts shoot it up well why don't you don't think maybe they just put the vaccine in there if they're you up you know (laughs) right so it's and and this is not gonna this is definitely not gonna make you feel better karen as a, as a, as a, as an athlete and a former athlete who, who you, you think you're one of one kind of, it's a, it's a really weird existence. And so I, I didn't take the, I, I took the flu shot early in my career and got sick, like super sick. I missed like 10 days. And so I was like, I'm not getting the flu shot anymore. I never got the flu shot again. So I was traded to Phoenix and then at this point I'm like 28 and they're like, Rex, you should get the flu shot because whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay. And I was there, I was on a one-year deal, I think. And I got the flu shot and I got sick Mm -hmm. and I missed like, I, I missed like 10 days, but this was early in camp and it set me back like, I don't know, a month. Six weeks.
0: Oh, we not arguing on that. I've no, never my, had the my, shot.
1: No, no, no. So, okay. my but my point my point is with some of these guys, some athletes, and forget the money. A lot of athletes, no matter how much they're making, are living paycheck to paycheck because they're spending a ton of money. In um, football, especially, if you you're you're on a non guaranteed contract, it's a brutal sport. If you miss a week because you got sick from the COVID vaccine. You're probably going to get cut, and so I understand some of these guys. I'm not saying I, I'm I'm for what for what they're doing. I think everybody should get the shot. Mm. I, I feel strongly about it. I tell every I encourage everybody to, but there is some. You know, we're all human, and I, I, having been in the locker rooms, I know what some of these guys are dealing with. Well, That's that particular
0: all. guy doesn't have to worry about paycheck to paycheck. He, I think his contract <laughs> is like a hundred and. 30 million dollars but that's neat and I and I completely get that because I've never had the flu shot because it didn't make sense to me because this flu shot is for a strain that happened already it's not mm-hmm. for this strain so I couldn't reconcile with that and a lot of people would get sick I've never had a flu shot I've never had the flu so but COVID this is new <laughs> Right. we don't know what this is and we need to do all of the things we can do especially wear a mask I I, I don't even understand oh, why people yeah. are doing it like, don't do that but wear a mask everywhere please <sighs> All Ooh. right. Uh, um, Rex Chapman, before I let you go again, the Rex Chapman show, the podcast still going to be going on, even though you're doing this. Still going then, on. Okay. Still going
1: on. Y'all yeah. can check
0: that out. Yeah. We'll tweet out a link where you can hear him. Uh, the interview you did with Etan is going to be up. Is up already?
1: What? With with Etan, with it's up. Yeah. yeah okay. Ch- check All it right. out. Because I didn't it's get to really ask nice. him.
0: Good. On his cover, he's sitting in a chair looking like Huey Newton. I asked Do- him. <laughs> Please, because I goes, I was like, and so you know we had no time, and I was like, oh, you you did you did a nod to Huey and the Black he Panthers. Did. Tell me what his answer was.
1: He he just said he felt strongly about it. He he was uh you know he had studied so much as a young person, and you got to check it out. It, it's it's really good. And and again, I didn't I felt like I didn't get into half of the stuff I wanted with Eton and not even a, a a tenth of the stuff I wanted to with Raymond Santana. Because I mean, what a so you know, it's is it, it,
0: one of the Exonerated Five, uh, who's yep. featured in I want to say Chapter Two. No, no, no. He's not. Yeah, he's in Chapter Two of Atan's book, Police Brutality and White Supremacy, which Rex Chapman is also in. Rex, I'm I'm so proud of you. I'm happy for you. Oh, I love you. you. Uh, thank you. You know, we're gonna stay in touch. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday. At 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.